0: Nothing bugs me more than a Spider Man who can't make his own webs. That never bothered
1: anyone before. No, it's just part of the character. I mean, you know, different characters get different abilities. It's a key component
0: of a spider, and (laughs) be like, be a Spider Man.
1: Not all spiders spin webs. Don't be prejudiced against spiders. (laughs)
2: gentlemen welcome to the real steak podcast getting into the meat of movies we are here to uh, talk about movies and all of the things that that includes it's very easy just to talk about the special effects or you know the explosions or the next marvel movie but we're here to really break down what the meanings behind some of the storytelling devices are the themes what it actually is saying about who we are as people and the world and a lot of it's just three guys getting together to hang out. So welcome to the real estate podcast. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host and we can't do the real estate podcast without my two favorite co-hosts. Zach Peak.
1: That's so kind, Jesse. I'm one of your favorites. thank you.
2: Obviously. and Chase Nelson. <laughs> hey I like that you remember this is an audio podcast, so when you just knock your hair in, yeah, it's a I long do have to pause. That.
1: Chase is high on nonverbal communication, which yeah. is fine for us, but if you're listening, that's a problem. Maybe watch the YouTube,
2: it might help. So today, um, if you are watching on YouTube or if you clicked on the link to this podcast, you know what movie we're doing. But just for the sake of introductions, we are doing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which mm-hmm. came out in 2018. hmm Um, so almost four years ago. And while it would have been easy just to jump on the current Spider-Man hype train, we decided to throw it back a little and we haven't done an animated movie yet. So we figured we'd just kind of jump outside our realm Mm -hmm. of comfort. Maybe. Well,
1: if we want to do more animated move animated movies, I'm like a 12 year old at heart. So I have a lot of animated movies I like.
2: (laughs) Um, so this is for those of you who don't know, if you haven't happened to watch this movie before. Real quick summary, it's almost identical to Spider-Man No Way Home, but they did (laughs) it four years earlier, and I think it's better, in my opinion. It is better. Um, But it's an animated movie. Basically, it follows the life of Miles Morales, which is a official Spider-Man in the comic Mm -hmm. book universe, and basically, um, the Spider-Man in his universe dies, and during that death, a hole is ripped in the... Fabric of Time and Space and other Spider-Men or Spider-Pigs. Yes, there's even a (laughs) Spider-Pigs. Which which also
1: John Mulaney voices it. And John Mulaney is hilarious, so he crushes it. And
2: there's a Spider-Man Noir, which is voiced by Nick Cage Mm -hmm. and um, Gwen Stacy, who's Spider-Woman. And then there's also just, uh, they call him Peter B. Parker. (laughs) Um, the animators like to refer to him as Burrito Spider-Man because he's basically Spider-Man if Spider-Man got old enough to be a dad bod Spider-Man.
0: He's also kind of like Fat Thor. Yes,
2: like Fat, fat Thor. Oh, gosh, Fat um, Thor. But They're not that fat. They all get pulled into Miles' universe. He has also been by a radioactive spider during the course of the events, mm-hmm. and it's basically a coming-of-age story for him, figuring out how to use his powers while all this crazy stuff is happening, and hilarity ensues. But... That's the most you really need to know if you've never watched it. Otherwise, if you have watched it, we're going to kind of break down some of the themes and what we liked, what we didn't like. And And I have some fun facts. And yes, there will be many spoilers. So if you have not watched it and you care, pause this. We'll be right here and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast. So now that I've rented for three minutes, I'm going to pass it to one of you. To break down, let's just do-
1: Well, do we, should we start? We always have to start with our rating, right? Yes, what kind rating, of let's, steak let's it is.
2: And this has no rhyme or reason to it. There's just no consistency be, here. Just, so if you are here for a consistent rating system every time, you are going to be very disappointed. So uh, let's start with Zach, because I think I know what Chase's rating is going to be. What is your rating on this steak?
1: This is like when you buy a cheap steak on sale- and it turns out pretty decent, in my opinion. I, I like a lot of parts of the movie. Uh, I think a lot of the themes are pretty good. I think it's pretty simple in a lot of ways. Uh, Coming-of-age story, like you said. Miles is learning to deal with expectations. You've also got Peter B. Parker, who's trying to grapple with his life, as you said, at a midlife crisis. So a lot of simple elements. Um, they have the characters do change and learn and grow, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Uh, so I think there's some good pieces in it. But I do think... Uh, and, I'll, and I'll get to this later because I, I got about a five-minute rant in me. Ready. <laughs> so, uh, so you might want to like put it up to one and a half speed for that. Yes. But uh, when we get to that, there's a part of the story that so this. Are you
2: spoiling your take, or are you just going to give? A no, rating? no, no. I'm just okay. going to give a little, 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 little piece.
1: Taster. Little piece. There's a there's a story element they use in this movie that's becoming more and more popular, and I'm going to talk about why it is logically the dumbest thing you can do in a story. So okay. that piece the fundamental of the story is taken away, but that's why it's like a cheap steak. You buy the cheap steak, you don't expect much because the foundations are bad, and it turns out a little better than you expect. And I do think it did a lot better job than the uh, the No Way Home, and so I, I do think it's a pretty, it's a good movie. I like, I liked it, I had fun. Cheap thought.
2: steak that you can enjoy.
1: Cheap steak that you can enjoy, that's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse,
2: yes. Okay, Chase, your rating? Chicken? <laughs> Not steak at all. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's no such thing as a chicken knife, right? <laughs>
0: it's an, it's anime i'm not i'm not a huge animated movie fan i mean it i have a theory that i think would make this movie better but it would require it to not be animated okay but uh yeah i i heard i i was expecting to, to like it more cuz i i heard it was really good mm-hmm. but i just i don't know what it is i i watched it and i thought this is for children but that's me I also couldn't get into any of the Star Wars animated stuff and people rave about it and I just I can't Not your thing. It's impossible for me to enjoy it.
2: Okay, so chicken from Chase <laughs> And I will be honest. This is like a flat iron for me like this is one of my favorite Styles I love this movie like even rewatching it before this podcast. I was like, oh my gosh I forgot how much I love this movie. Mm-hmm. So we have a Hot take, a lukewarm take, and a chicken take on this po- on this podcast. I'm excited so to hear what you like. No, this will this will be interesting. We kind of agreed on all the other ones. Because yeah, this we've point. done
1: we did our first podcast was kind of two, and then our last podcast was just one, and they were all like we, we all kind, kind of agreed, agreed on pretty much part. everything, yes. and so this one will be fun because okay. we've got three different positions, three different ideas. All
2: right, well let's dive into some of it. I've got some fun facts at some point I want to sprinkle in, but I think I'm going to wait till about halfway through, and okay. we'll, we can kind of talk. About some of the behind-the-scenes thing, um, but let's kind of start off with just overall characters. How did we feel about the characters? How did you feel about um, their development or how they were portrayed or what they were? I guess
1: it—it was—it was fine. Um, I think it suffers a little bit from the like, oh, we've got Spider-Man in mid-age. Let's make him a loser, you know, because mm-hmm. he's kind of a loser at the beginning. Um, Miles Morales is cool. I think that um, I don't know how much we got from him. It didn't seem like we got a ton of. it's it sometimes it's supposed to be his story. and It sometimes feel like he feels like he's just flowing through the story instead of making decisions. Um, but I like his dad. I think his dad is a really. I think his dad's actually a great character mm. because Miles I have Morales lots
2: to talk about on his dad when we get into this yeah, and stuff. Yeah, because
1: Miles Morales is African American, right? Yes. Okay, so he's African American and part Latino. So uh, part, okay. He's
2: got- Two heritages, which I really loved, and I'm just going to throw this in here now. I think this is one of the only movies in recent history that has had a prominent black actor of mixed origin, and they've not made the whole movie about their being Mm -hmm. black. Yeah. Like, this movie, I think, handled... Miles just happens to be of Mm -hmm. mixed races, and that has no bearing on how he... Mm -hmm. How they treat him in the movie. Does that make sense? Like, they just let him be who he is and it's not some big thing like a lot of the uh, more recent movies have done where it's like, this lady is black and therefore she is powerful and she needs to not be held down. And it's all a statement. Yeah. basically (laughs) Every new star
1: Wars project. (laughs) And it's
2: like, it was just refreshing to like watch this movie and be like, Oh, it's just them portraying their culture. And Mm -hmm. he's proud of his culture. It's like, if you notice every time he says bye, he says adios or, he, he talks in Spanish and in English. Yeah. Like he, he is accepting who he is and who his culture is. And it's not a, uh, you need to, yeah. it's not like, they don't make a huge thing about.
1: I, I think that, I think Spider-Verse, and the reason why I, I, I said my take about cheap steak that ends up being pretty good, is because I think in a lot of ways, it's really basic and simple. And I thought Top Gun Maverick, we talked about this, did simple, but it did it in a powerful way where it was really well executed. I thought that Spider-Verse had great animation. It looked really cool and different, which was fun and unique. But then a lot of the characters were just kind of, I liked that they made decisions and I liked that they changed, but they were also kind of bland. And I don't mean that personality-wise, because Miles Morales is really interesting. He's got great personality, but it feels like he's just flowing through the story. And it feels like a lot of the characters are just kind of flowing through, except for Fisk, who's kind of making things happen. But it feels like they're kind of just like, oh, this, and now this, and now this happens, instead of it, you know, in Top Gun Maverick, and in some of the other movies were like, it's like this guy wants this to happen, so he makes it happen. You know, Top Gun Maverick is all about they have agency. maverick doing things and making have and overcoming things. And this, there's a little bit of that, but it's a lot of just like, Oh cool. New Spider-Man. Oh cool. Spider-Pig. He's funny, which he is, but like, it seems superfluous. It doesn't Simpsons seem, did it. yeah, it's, it doesn't seem <laughs> spider pig. Yes. It just, it doesn't seem deep, you know, like we talk about, when we want to get to the substance and that to me doesn't seem super substantive.
2: I wonder, and Chase, you can maybe comment on this. Like, it's almost like they're, they, it's the same issue with Avengers. You don't get anything because there's so many personalities that they're trying to mm-hmm. balance that it's like, maybe it does feel very like everyone's just kind of floating along. It,
0: uh, if, I guess if I were to describe it after watching it, it felt like I had watched just a really long, like if you ever watch just like a Saturday cartoon or like Batman mm-hmm. or something, like, it just felt like a really long episode. Yeah. of A cartoon that just doesn't have much like you're saying like it didn't didn't drive any emotion out of me doesn't at all. It doesn't have any protein to it, right? And yeah. need more protein. That's why I rated it chicken. <laughs> which is fair. Um also it, uh do, I think you're right about the the racial element, except one thing that always bothers me with things like this is that and I, I know I understand the story, but it, him being like the only minority Spider-Man, he's also the only one that needs help figuring out how to be Spider-Man, which I feel is like a little paternalistic Yeah, and this happens a lot in real life. So that bothered me. I didn't mm-hmm. notice that, but this, the way they did this story would have been fine either way, but mm-hmm. he's just the only one. They, mm-hmm. I mean, we've seen how many three Spider-Mans now. They all, I mean, they have guidance in some way or other, but like figuring out how to be Spider-Man, they just have a blast figuring out on their own. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm.
2: And it's kind of like, why'd you do that? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, that's an interesting uh, thought. Yeah. yeah, that is interesting. Let's um, pivot a little bit. So we've kind of talked about characters as a whole. Um, and I kind of want to go into themes because I think one of the characters that you brought up and, and I personally love him as well, cause he has some of the best lines in the whole movie mm-hmm. is this father character, right? Like one of the themes I pulled out right off the bat is this, or at least this interesting through line is his relationship with his dad, right? Mm-hmm. Like y- you see his mom like twice in this mm-hmm. whole movie. So this is very much, a you know, a father, son, Thing and even Mm -hmm. his mentors are kind of like and his uncle to some degree, right? Right. And so it's like I don't know why we keep picking all these movies that have father son elements in them. Maybe because the one true
1: story is the true is the story of the father coming to rescue us. Yes, it's almost like it has a parallel called an archetype. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's
2: great. But I think you know even just like this whole relationship with his dad. I mean, you love the big dad energy at the beginning where he gets out of the cop car. And then over the loudspeaker, he's like, because he says, I love you, son. And he just gets out. And he's like, yeah, whatever. And he's like, you got to say it back. and like <laughs> Announcing it to the entire crowd. Yeah, it's great. such big dad energy. It is. It's just like, he's like, he won't let him go. Uh-huh. But like that whole theme of his relationship with his dad and, mm-hmm. and how it grows and changes, especially after his uncle dies, mm-hmm. I think is really powerful. Thoughts.
1: I think that miles Morales is family because typically his uncle who he really loves and you know, is great friends with is the prowler who's a bad guy and his dad is always a cop and he is African-American and he's also Latino, but his, his father's side is Mm African-American. I think that's incredibly interesting. And I did appreciate that. I think, you know, like you said earlier, they don't call attention to the race, but I do think that in our country, there is more of that divide and difficulty for Mm African-Americans. And so I think it's a really interesting, it's just, it's unique to me. And I think they did a good job with it. You know, and I thought they did a great job of showing the way his uncle goes, because he loves his uncle and wants to be more like his uncle, right? But his dad is pulling him one way. And I did think that was one of the stronger parts of the movie. Even though I thought it needed more protein and substance, I think that part in itself did have a lot of substance. And I would like, I would have liked more of that because his journey and picking between following his uncle's path and his dad's path is a really big, it's an important thing in his life. And we boys look to men to learn how to be men. And in Miles Morales' life, he looks to his uncle and his dad. Mm -hmm. And he's, you see, and, and again, the movie did not have enough of this, in my opinion, of him deciding, is he gonna take the path of his dad or the path of his uncle. And he thinks his uncle is cooler and he likes his uncle more. You know, he loves his dad, but he likes his uncle a lot more, right? Because right. his uncle's cool and interesting and unique and doesn't have as many rules and seems fun. And, and so he's like pulled that way, but then you see that he's a good kid and he wants to do what's right. And so he's pulled to his dad's side. And I did think that it was really powerful. You know, it's sad that his uncle dies, but it's a great moment for him to see where his uncle's path ends.
2: If you're Spider-Man's uncle or aunt, you're basically <laughs> you're in up trouble to die every time. Yeah. yeah, But I think, I mean, playing off that, there's a really powerful scene where after um, his uncle has died, he's basically gotten tied up because the the spider gang has decided he's not ready for this big final confrontation. Yep. And his dad actually comes to his, his, he's at like a charter school that he, has to, he lives in and he's all tied up, he can't talk to him. And his dad's basically in this hallway And he's like, hey, can we talk? And he can see the shadow of the kid moving around. So he's like, he's just ignoring me. And there's this really great thing where he basically is just like, you know, sometimes people drift apart and I don't want to drift apart from you. Like I can feel this. Um, I mean, there's several points in the movie throughout it where he's just busy and like the dad's calling to make sure he's okay and he doesn't answer. And there's this really great line where he says, I see this spark in you. And I'm going to throw this to you after after I finish this quote, Chase, because you're the only father here, so you're going to have the best <laughs> parallel on this yeah. out of the three of us. But he says, I see this spark in you, and that's why I push you so hard. But ultimately, it's your spark, and I know you're going to be amazing at whatever you do. So talk to us a little bit about, I mean, you're raising a son right now. What What is that? Did that moment alight anything in you, or can you relate to that at all, where you're kind of like, how hard do I push for these things that I think he wants? Or I mean, he's young, but... Yeah.
0: Uh, as I was watching it, it, it not, I had no feelings, but uh, it, after, you know you describing it, it certainly I mean, it's like I I see so much of myself in my son, which is like a really incredible thing to witness, you know, and that they're they are they're just like full of energy, and you're watching them develop. You're they get you know older. They start understanding, you know, they get a better grip of language. They start understanding concepts and then they start to make mistakes. They start to make bad decisions and they get bad consequences, but there's always, you know, my son, I can only talk about him. He he just, he is just like always sparked up. He's all, you know, he's like, he's like a joy to watch. And, and you all, you know, I'm always excited to see where he's going next as much as I, Hate that he's growing so fe- quickly before my eyes. <laughs> it was just something my dad always said to me. It's like, stop, you're growing up too fast. And I'm like, it's lame, you know. But uh, being I on did, the other end. You're like, I'm a, being on the other end. I absolutely get it now. I, I, I just, I'll go through pictures just from like a year or two ago and be like, oh my goodness, that was like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it, it, you know. Like you said, he's in the story. He's a little older. His moment in life is a little bit different. But yeah, I can, can I can kind of relate. You know, there's a lot of powerful moments to have between a father and a son, and you hope you don't screw him up. Right. You know.
2: Well, and I I mean, we all have different familial backgrounds. Like I grew up without a dad, and so I was constantly looking towards mentors like an mm-hmm. uncle or things like that. And it's like, but I could, I've also had friends that are kind of like, I've had dads that didn't do what this dad did, where he mm-hmm. was like, you know, I, I've i been pushing him really hard because he's really focused on, hey, you need to go to this charter school. You're so smart, you need to, you know, mm-hmm. you gotta be great. And he, you, I've seen parents that just take that way too far yeah. and really torpedo their children. And like, luckily this dad kind of was like, oh, I get it. You know, it took, you know, this, this moment in time for me to realize it, but. I've seen dads torpedo relationships with their sons because of this push to like greatness mm-hmm. that they think that they need to shove them towards, even if it's not necessarily their goal. Yeah. And then I've also seen parents that are just like, I don't know, you do whatever you want and almost a little too too loose. Yeah. loose. And so I think finding that balance is always really important, right?
1: I, it, I liked that his dad spurred him to victory in those situations, you know, cause he's tied up and his dad talks to him and what happens after his dad says all these things. That's when he's able to, he, get, he
2: gets control of his, powers. he gets
1: control. He gains confidence, He, you know, he gets out and then he is fighting, you know, and he's fighting Fisk at the very end. And, you know, he, he's on the verge of losing and his dad encourages him and that, you know, gives him the confidence to go on. I
0: not knowing he's his son and also not being a Spider-Man fan. Right. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, but, and he thinks that Spider-Man killed his brother too. Yeah. Like oh yeah that's up right. until that point, he's like, Spider-Man's this vigilante that killed my brother. Like he mm-hmm. was hunting him down. So
1: yeah, and so I, I just appreciated. I thought, in, and I think it's telling that what we're talking about the most in a movie that really did not have a ton of fa- it had the father son element, but it definitely wasn't the focus. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't a huge plot line. It wasn't a huge part of the story. It's only a couple of scenes. Yeah, that's what we're talking about because that's the strongest part of the movie. Yeah. That's the best part.
2: Well, and I think you know we referenced that end scene where he gets knocked down, and throughout this movie you hear these this phrase, in two different ways multiple times. So. The Spider Man's basically the the universal rule for all of them, and you hear the they call him Perfect Parker, the mm-hmm. the, the Spider Man that dies in Miles' universe, mm-hmm. and he's like the handsome one that's got all of his life together. He's basically the Sony Parker because they make references to him doing like the upside down kiss with Mary Jane, mm-hmm. um, like the Tobey Maguire Peter Parker is the one that they're like basically. But Tobey
1: Maguire Peter Parker will never die because he's amazing, right?
2: And but they even reference his like bad dance portion yeah. from yeah. the third movie. Oh, yeah. It's very funny, and so. Um, he says, you know, he gets knocked down. He's like, you know, I always get back up. And all the other Spider-Mans kind of mirror that language. They're Mm -hmm. like, you know, we get knocked down, we always get back up. We always get back up. But then the mom at one point, after he comes home and is freaking out after his uncle has died, or after Spider-Man has died, um, his mom says, our family doesn't run from things. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of this theme of, like, you have to, like, you're going to take knocks Throughout your life, mm-hmm. but you can't just be like, "Nope, I'm just gonna live here on the ground." Like yeah. and and the the closing line is is anyone can wear the mask, and so the kind of overall theme they're trying to pull out on this, it may not have come through super strong, but the overall theme I saw was anyone can be Spider-Man, and anyone can get back up, mm-hmm. and should get back up, and should not run from the fight, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's you know that last scene is anyone can wear the mask is this is this line that's said and. I think that's something that they're really trying to pull out is like anybody could have been Spider-Man. It just happened to be this guy, but you mm-hmm. have the same grit and toughness that you can mm-hmm. pull up and out. So any of that come through to you guys or was that just a me thing?
1: I feel like that's kind of, there's a movie that Disney released a little a, a year or two ago that I was really excited for. It was another anime, Raya and the last dragon. Yes. And one of the themes of that movie is you need to be more trusting. And the way they display it is they show that every single person is untrustworthy. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. That is a bad job. And I, w- I was really excited for the movie, but it really kind of fell flat because of that. If that's the theme, I did not see a ton of it. I did not see the storytelling leading to that point. You know, it, he, he definitely, you know, he's a he's a teenager. He's trying to figure things out and he eventually does. But I did not really see the, the point of, you know, that anybody could wear the mask you know i it, i did not see that in in the movie at least through the storytelling and the scenes and stuff i did not feel like the story told took you on a journey to end up at that point mm, so okay. i think that they may have wanted that but, but they didn't
2: necessarily stick the landing in well, it
1: that's why i care about storytelling so much is because you can have a a great story that shows something interesting but it has to be aligned with what you want it to say because stories tell you something. They say something. And this movie didn't really tell me that anybody could do it. It told me, you know, you have to it, be, it, it, it was, I'm not sure what it told me. And that's why I think it, that's why I feel like it lacks a little bit of substance It's because I'm not sure what it was trying to say to me.
2: So another point, and then we'll kind of move on to some other stuff, maybe some more fun stuff, or we'll let that go on his rant. One oh boy. Two. We're but warming up over the here. other, the <laughs> other part that I really, enjoyed was this line that they used just before his big transformation montage Mm -hmm. and burrito spider-man basically (laughs) says or miles says you know when will i know i'll be ready and he says it'll be a leap of faith and basically that's this whole next training montage he literally goes up on a building and leaps off Mm -hmm. of it at this one point which is this amazingly gorgeous scene that they Mm -hmm. did in in the art style which i want to talk about but um, basically it's this leap of faith and, and they parallel that at the end when Burrito Parker's having to go back to his world where he's really messed up his life with Mary Jane and he says, how, how do you know I won't mess it up again? And again, it says, leap of faith. Mm-hmm. Let's have Zach go on his story. While yeah. we're still in the theme and the I'm storytelling curious. thing, I want to hear... What so this, this might make is. a lot of
1: Disney, especially Marvel fans upset, Okay. because what is Marvel's big new storytelling technique, Jesse? What is in every single show? What was Doctor Strange all about? Multiverse. The multiverse. And I am here to tell you that if you like the multiverse, I'm sorry, because it is the worst storytelling element that I think I've ever encountered. Um Because the way Marvel does it is they don't say, oh, there's these options and you make choices and it turns out. The way Marvel says it is it's the infinite multiverse. Um, I don't want to do too much nerdy math or anything because then people won't like it, but I'm going to tell you something really quickly about infinity. If it's actually the infinite multiverse, this story is happening an infinite amount of times and every single permutation of that story is happening an infinite amount of times. So every time that Miles Morales accidentally got killed, infinite amount of times. Every time that Burrito Parker accidentally got killed, infinite amount. That is how infinity works. So the way infinity works is it means literally anything you can think of within marble, sorry, Marvel, not (laughs) Marvel, Marvel is happening. And so you're like, oh, well, you know, I would have liked this story more if uh, the prowler didn't die. Boom. There's an infinite amount of universes like that because it's infinite. And the thing that's cool about infinity is that's what God is. You know, and we all, you know, we've all met through Foothills Christian Church. We all go there. We're part of it. And I believe God is infinite but if you have a multiverse that's infinite, it ruins all stories because every single different decision or thing that could happen in the story is happening an infinite amount of times in an infinite amount of universes, and it makes the story meaningless. Mm. So there's an infinite amount of universes where Gwen Stacy showed up. There's an infinite amount where she didn't show up. There's an infinite amount where she showed up and they hated each other. You know, and so there's an infinite amount of Spider-Man out there that are losers. You know, that just who who don't get back up and don't have grit. You know, and and that's what I don't like about the multiverse. If if you, I watched the Loki series, I enjoyed it, and at the very end, if they would have said it is something that it splits off and makes universes when you make decisions, that would have been a little better because then it's decisions based. And then you have, okay, well, in every universe, Spider-Man has this personality, so he makes similar decisions. You could argue that, but because it's infinite, there's an infinite Spider-Man out there that are evil. There's an infinite amount of Spider-Man out there that are fighting Wilson Fisk, but Spider-Man is the bad guy and Wilson Fisk is the good guy. And Mm -hmm. so to me, it makes the story meaningless because by their own rules, there's an infinite amount of of stories happening that have the exact opposite thing going on and the exact opposite message. And I think that's really kind of lame and not interesting.
2: Well, and I think, you know, (laughs) I think it allows for lazier telling where they can just basically go in and say, Amen. Here's this thing if you don't like it then we just write it off as one of the universes that we don't care about anymore right exactly. like it's they terrible. can basically throw things away and which in theory gives them more creative freedom to be more like well we could try a lot more things that we would normally not be willing to try which could be good but for the most part it probably just goes to the least common denominator which is we'll just throw a bunch of crap at the wall and whichever sticks but but even we'll run even
1: even if you did stick with more interesting creative things it removes all consequence oh you know cuz cuz I love I love Captain America. Captain America was uh, you know I love the character, I love what he stands for, I love who he is. But, you know, there's a ton of universes where he doesn't stand for anything. there's a universe where he's a hydra agent i'm like this is it just removes all consequence from the story because it makes nothing matter because if there's an infinite amount amount of things happening then none of them matter but if there's only one story it's critically important if there's only one story and there's only one captain america the sacrifices he makes are incredibly important but by marvel's rules now there's an infinite amount of universes where Steve Rogers figured out how to, you know, crash the plane, but jump out, and he just lived with Peggy. And so there's no consequence anymore, because you're like, oh, I don't like this one, I'll switch to (laughs) this one. So that's why I can't stand the multiverse, is because, like you said, it's lazy storytelling, but it removes all consequence from anything. It's the ultimate form of nihilism. You know, there's nothing matters anymore, because there's, you know, in Doctor Strange, the multiverse of madness came out, I don't think we're going to do that movie because I don't think any of us liked it, nope. but there's just like, okay, so there's an infinite amount of universes where Scarlet Witch is doing something else. And I'm just like, it just removes all interest because there's, there's no consequences anymore. Nothing really matters. And that to me just ruins storytelling because the whole point of a story is that it matters. And if you tell me it doesn't, well, why would I watch it? Why would I care?
2: I agree. I think that's 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 what kills me with this movie. Well, and I think everyone's jumping on the train too. Like there's just, everyone wants to get on this idea because then it basically Mm -hmm. lets you do whatever you want and you can- It's kind of postmodernist. It it is. There is no absolute
0: truth. There's no absolute (laughs) story, so
2: there is none. And
1: I do think this movie does the best job of a multiverse. I think it's fun to kind of bring the other spider Man in. Like that's a cool thing. And then in the No Way Home, uh, like spoilers for No Way Home, I loved it when all three Spider-Men showed up. It was super cool. Also, it removes all logic from the story, and it just kills the stories. What, well, well they're
2: not even consistent in their own multiverse theory, because no. in some movies, the your uh, multiverse person looks completely different from you, but in other stories like multiverse of madness dr strange always looks the same and so like well there's an infinite not... amount where he looks
1: the same and there's an infinite amount <laughs> yeah. where he doesn't and so i think it just i think it ruins no stories um, so i i don't want to see it as much i hope that i mean that's the way marvel's going which is a huge bummer um, what would have been much better is you know the what if series that they did uh, mm-hmm. on Disney Plus? If they would have said, you know what, these are reimagining as the characters, but they're not real characters. This is just an interesting thought piece,
2: which is that, what it was supposed to be.
1: Which is, but but then they connected into the multiverse right. and Strange Supreme, yeah. and they made it canon. And I'm like, that's when you lose all meaning because there's nothing matters anymore. Because oh, this universe, you know, it, it literally happens in Doctor Strange where they have the things called incursions where universes collide and everything, so it's like, oh, so we just get rid of a universe, cool. Uh, we don't like that one, it's out. Oh, we like this universe. I'm just like, okay, so there's no more story anymore because everything is, happen- everything is happening everywhere all at once.
0: Uh, can we segue into my theory how this would be a good movie? Oh, yes, yes please. Absolutely. So so,
1: so oh, before before you go, Chase, just yeah. one quick thing. I would love us to add a segment on movies we don't like with things that could improve it. Yeah, so well, here's I, the first one. I, I wanna hear here's Chase's thoughts here.
0: Uh, as I was like thinking about this, Today, I was like, you know, and it kind of ties into what you're talking about, how this whole multiverse thing. It's like one thing is they're making it very serious in both movies. It's like this really dramatic event. And I was thinking, I was like, first of all, I don't want it to be animated. And second, whoever did Deadpool should do it and make it a comedy and like very irreverent. Because all these like characters, they, there was like spots of humor in it. Uh, but it... Like, as much as Deadpool is, like, just as much a comedy as it is this, like, violent kind of action superhero movie, I was thinking, I was like, if this movie was, like, first of all, like, acted out with real people, and then you had this, like, multiverse concept, but it's intentionally very funny, like, probably rated R, and, like, like Deadpool, like, whoever did I don't know who did that, was that T.J. Miller that did that movie? He was in it, but.
1: I don't think he was the director. Okay. But.
0: Because that movie was hilarious. And, well, but and I
1: don't think you can make this one rated R, though. I think that you could. Okay, you could. Because <laughs> you got I all these like
0: it. crazy characters coming through, and that's where like a lot of the you humor comes from. You just want to see from.
1: Spider-Man Noir shoot shoot people. That's what you want
0: to see. Doesn't have to be Spider-Man. It, well, the Noir, yeah, yeah. yeah you want to or see the, him just or, pull okay. out a thirties revolver, or like uh, the Spider Pig who's just like pulling out like random weapons out of his like non-existent pocket, like a mallet, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> and cartoon. like, and he could still be a cartoon. like 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 who who framed framed roger Roger robert Robert. Robert. yeah yeah yeah. so that was the thought i had i was like i would probably enjoy that and then it it takes away the whole serious aspect of the multiverse where you don't even feel the need to nitpick it because it's just funny and it's no you know what i mean it's like then you can just enjoy it for that (laughs) because i
1: think i think it's because it's spider man like deadpool i think works as a rated r character because it's deadpool that's kind of his thing i don't think it would work as well with a spider man but i do think it would
0: be more interesting because it's never done and we had so many spider-man movies doing all the same thing it's like if you really want to do something different just like that that to me that would be the thing where it's like Mm -hmm. oh no one's expecting this this could be kind of fun like this multiverse concept Mm -hmm. and it's like all these like irreverent spider-man characters and it's more of a comedy and be like oh that was kind of cool Mm -hmm. like funny yeah i don't know just a theory
1: well, I, I, I like it, not not necessarily rated R, but I love the irreverence that you pointed out. Like if they made it just kind of more a little more bonkers and silly, yeah. it would have been a whole lot easier. And, and again, I think it's the silliest of the multiverse movies, which is why I think it's the best. Because Doctor Strange tries to take the multiverse seriously. And I'm like, well, there's an infinite amount where this works and an infinite amount where it doesn't. So why do I really care? You know, because Doctor Strange is like, this is a serious topic. And I'm like, this is a silly topic. (laughs) But if, you know, but Spider Man and the Spider Verse is much more silly. But if you went all the way silly, I do think that could make it better because then you don't really care. Um, I do think the other option would be you make it more serious. You take out, you'd have to take out the multiverse, which is kind of the big part of the movie. But if I would just love to see a, you know, even just like a really dramatic, difficult Miles Morales movie where he's cr- trying to grapple with his uncle and his dad and his family drama, that could be pretty darn good.
2: So I'm gonna pivot this into why I love this movie. Because okay, basically let's hear it, we've Jesse. gone through our thing where we say, This is what we improve. I don't think it needs improvement. I love the movie as it is. And this is the reason why. This is a love letter to Spider Man fans. So my favorite superhero is Spider Man. Like, hands down, forever has been Spider Man. So This movie is filled to the gills with references to Spider-Man things, right? Mm -hmm. Even the
0: Stan Lee scene. Yeah, Stan Lee
2: and (laughs) permutations of it. I mean, Green Goblin's in it in this crazy form that you only see in a certain version of Spider-Man. All of those spider people do exist. They are comic book characters. I was wondering about that. So all those origin stories, More, I mean, the Burrito Parker one, I think is probably different, but for the most part, like they all exist, right? And so this movie is basically a love letter to people who love Spider-Man. And they do make fun of it, like that whole perfect Peter Parker thing is literally just them mocking the Sony Mm -hmm. enterprise of things, right? But you see all of these different things, and on top of that, you know, it's telling the Miles Morales story, which has not really been told, because Mm -hmm. we love telling the Peter Parker story over and Mm -hmm. over, which is why they make fun of it, they're like, blah, 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 Ben dies, da, 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 da. Like they, they, Peter B. Parker. Yeah, and so it's like they do all of these things, but on top of all of this love letterness, it's also in this style that's never been done before. So this style has kicked off so many new animated series styles, and it's this CG style with line art drawings on the top of it. So it's 3D, but it's also got that, like, animated artistic style. Did it make
1: light year happen? Cause I don't really no, like the animation. I don't think Lightyear. Lightyear has
2: this. I haven't seen it yet, but this is very much like it feels like it's a comic book, but it's like a comic book mm-hmm. come to life kind of thing rather than just a straight animated thing or a straight CG thing where mm-hmm. it's just like, okay, it's the toy story vibe or it's just a cartoon. They've paired them together with some really interesting technology that I could nerd out for a long time, but it is a style that is so unique that has kicked off so many other interesting things. And the soundtrack is amazing. I think they did a really good job Mm -hmm. finding these artists who fit well in the story they wanted to tell and Mm -hmm. they utilize the music really well. And ultimately, I just think it combines all my favorite things about Spider-Man of like, you know, this guy that for the most part is just getting by on his smarts and on some bad luck Mm -hmm. and strength and stuff. And so... For the most part that's the main points is like it's utilizing this nostalgia thing which is what No Way Home wanted to do, right? It wanted I, to well, go. I was going to say
1: you've given me a take. I liked No Way Home. Better. If I would I would like I, this, might be the only one I would like this movie more if No Way Home didn't exist and if you we weren't so Spider-Man cuz I love Spider-Man. Like I Sp- the first Spider-Man, I was 7 years old, the Sam Rami one when it came out, my dad took yes. me to it. I loved it. I still think that trilogy is awesome. But you know, when you're talking about all the callbacks and everything, I'm like, I feel like I just saw that with no way home. And so I think
2: that came out before. I
1: know. And so it's, it's, but my point is that that's cool if it's a one-off, but it feels like they're starting to do that more and more. Right. And at that point, I'm like, it's cool if you have one of those movies, that's kind of like a, a shout out to the fans. But now we have at least two Mm -hmm. and I'm like, if we get another one, you know, and, and I heard people you know, for No Way Home, people told me it was so cool, the ending, because it goes back to the original, and the ending was awful, because it was sad, and no one knows who he is, and he's completely alone and lonely, and that's not a good way for humans to live. So, for the story to tell you that being lonely at the end is a good thing is is, is not true. So, right. so I mean, it's, it's tough, because things like that, I feel like, I love the character, and Miles Morales is really great, Peter Parker's great, uh, but... You know, it just—I don't—it it gets to a point where I feel like it's taking away from it. It's taking yeah. away from the culture ethos. And you know, I—I I liked it. I thought it was solid. But the more Spider-Man we get, the the more frail Deluded it seems. It yeah. Gets... But your points about the art style—it does look really cool. Well, yeah, that was I, cool. I, I agree too. And I, I, to like...
2: and I mean, I know you don't particularly like animated stuff, Chase. But I think some of the best jokes were only able to be told because of this animation style. Like, there's a whole thing. Where he f- picks up the bagel when they're infiltrating like the compound. He took a bagel. He took a bagel. And he turns around and throws the bagel at this person while they're jumping off the roof. And literally one of those little cause they have these little captions like a comic book yeah. thing, pop up. And when he throws the bagel, it hits a security guard and it literally just says bagel. Right? Like, <laughs> oh, it's just yeah. like and it's like that joke doesn't work. No, I, I like that stuff. stuff. And
0: and I did appreciate all that. I just I just don't like watching my movies like right. like all animated like that. I mean that the art was—I mean, I can definitely appreciate the art. The the animation side was really cool, Um and I, I liked how they threw up, like the comic book little quip boxes, mm-hmm. whatever you call yeah. it the yeah. quips yeah, like and text boxes and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And, the captions and, and stuff. I must have missed that specific.
2: It's so small. I I
0: heard I I remember him saying like I need a bagel and or I want to get a bagel and then he said it and then I remember I I missed the part where it said bagel because I probably had my eyes down, but I did hear the one of the, like the bad, they're all bad guys. Right. Right. And like one of them goes, he took a bagel. Like,
2: Oh no, (laughs) that's the biggest thing that they're worried about. Yeah. Like just dumb stuff like that. Or the way they could play with tempo and timing of like how they're swinging or like the whole scene where he's getting dragged by the subway, like Mm -hmm. Peter B Parker is unconscious and he's literally just getting drugs through the city. And it's like, just like the slapstickness of the animation that you can only pull off because they're animated. Like if it was real life, you can't do that gag where he's hitting everything and he's got a snowman on Mm -hmm. his head and he's doing all these different stuff. And um, on top of the humor, I think the other thing the animation does well in this storytelling is, and it's really subtle, but throughout every time he looks in the reflection and there's a Spider-Man in it, he's always smaller and not aligned with it. Mm -hmm. And so like, When Peter Parker dies, or perfect Parker dies, he looks in a reflection of a TV and you see his reflection and he's like smaller and you see the the Spider-Man and Peter Parker photos side by side and he's in the middle and it's like he doesn't quite fit in. And Mm -hmm. then when he goes down to the spider layer, which is so ridiculous but also amazing. Also, Anne May is just like this mafia gunman down in the spider layer. (laughs) Like, I've been waiting for you. Um, When he first gets down there and he looks up at the Spider-Man suit, he's shorter than it and it's not there. But when he finally comes into his own, the last time you see that Spider-Man suit before he takes it and spray paints it and makes it his own, his eyes align with the eye holes of the mask. And so they're Mm -hmm. doing this like visual storytelling thing throughout the whole thing that you wouldn't really be able to do that in a way that wasn't Mm -hmm. like obscenely overt in, I are realistic setting.
1: I like animation for that reason. And I think that animation is an easier thing to deal with than, you know, real live action. But I think that because it's easier, it requires, you know, whoever it is, the director, the creative, whoever's doing it to, to use it and use the meat. Like if you just do it um, and then you don't use those, the ability to make those things happen, then you're being wasteful and you're just being lazy but you know, some of I some one of my favorite shows is an animated show mm-hmm. and I feel like they draw it really well. And so I like that they do that. So I'm I'm I like animation. There's a lot of animated movies that I really enjoy. Um, especially because all the DC animated movies are better than the actual DC movies. That's, that helps. 100%. <laughs> uh, but I think that there are different things you can do in animation. And I think that for this one it worked really well and they did a great job. And I think I mean it's hard. I don't think it's really debatable that the animation is the strongest part of the movie, which is great. But also if the animation is the strongest part and I'm a story guy, then that, you know, just not as good of a story, but you know, the animation was great. You know, I loved it. I thought it looked awesome.
2: Um, okay. Well, we're wrapping up. Is there any additional thoughts or things that weren't touched on? I mean, there's kind of this through line of expectations. We didn't really touch on, but we kind of talked about. I liked those. Yeah, the the dad. I mean, that kind of layers in with the dad going. I have expectations. Yeah, I mean, the dad
1: stuff was the strongest part.
0: So can 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 I bring up something to gripe about that you can probably correct me about that I still will disagree though? Sure. No,
1: we're not allowed to talk on this podcast, Chase. Uh,
0: Nothing bugs me more than a Spider-Man who can't make his own webs,
2: and it drives me insane. Like really. what, what do you bit, define the, the whole make concept, your own web? Like the biological one that Tobey Maguire did where it comes out of his body. Yes. That's your the
0: concept is you're bit by a spider. You get all these spider characteristics except one of the most obvious ones is that spiders make webs. Nothing tells you there's a spider around like a freaking <laughs> web other than the spider itself. And the Tobey Maguire one made perfect sense to me because like other than the like, how, how does it actually come out? I don't really care because that can't actually happen anyway. So uh, these, this idea that, they can get all these other spider characteristics that are fantastical, but for some reason- Like they,
2: being able to walk up a building with yes, your shoes like, on?
0: Like, n- not only that, yeah, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, do do through, the movie. through they're your costumes.
2: They're, no, they're, at one point in this movie, they're yeah. wearing Uggs, and yeah. he's literally walking down the building. I'm like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. Right,
0: so we get all that, the The spider sense, which I don't even know what kind of sense spiders actually have, but that's cool. The sense um,
2: to run away whenever you're about to grab them.
0: Yeah. Then he gets an ability that, two abilities that I don't relate to spiders at all, which is electricity and invisibility, but he still can't shoot his own web. And it, that drives me insane. And it's been in the other, since Toby Maguire, I think the other two, they can't do it, right? He yeah. has to have Tony Stark make him web launcher. And I'm like, you're the spider, you're a man spider.
2: I think they introduced it and I want your take on what your preference is. But I think the reason they introduced it that way is so that they could limit him. Like if he has infinite webs, then he could just web forever, he's limited because he's a dumb him, teenager but, I if they make him, but if they make it something that he has to produce and have cartridges he could run out at inopportune moments for stereo storytelling purposes. for
1: for all but about six years of spider-man's run since i believe is the 60s he's had web shooters and it was never a biological thing when they came out with the original was it with sam raimi's original trilogy mm-hmm, which is Tobey Maguire, which is what you're talking about That was a very controversial decision and and the web shooters is supposed to be part of the character Mm. which i love toby and i thought they did a great job with it but it is supposed to and what's interesting and i think that this may make you more frustrated if you saw this (laughs) one of the one of the pieces of spider-man that's supposed to be just a really funny running joke is if you read the old comics and my dad has a ton of old spider-man comics it's awesome He's always running out of webs, and it's at the most inopportune time. And that makes me hate it. And more. he has the worst <laughs> luck. But because it, in just, the Tobey Maguire one, so,
0: so much of the uh, kind of like fun stuff in those that trilogy or, or the first movie really is how he's like figuring out he has it. Like he just jerks his hand, all of a sudden, like a web shoots out, like that. Which
1: no, I, I I get what you're saying. <laughs> that was good. But, but I think at the end of the day, like part of the character was that he was physically turned into a spider a little bit. You know, like he has the the crawling ability and strength and stuff but you know the very first part they didn't give him webs you know Batman doesn't have echolocation and stuff like that and so he doesn't have
0: any super I know he doesn't have any
1: superpowers <laughs> besides being rich uh yeah but Which I, is I is don't know superpower. I it, it does it doesn't bug me I get what you're saying I I see you
2: prefer the shooters,
1: but I, well, I, I well, love if Toby It's true Wires. to the original
0: character. Like it's, I didn't write the comic. It's, it's not my very, decision, but
1: <laughs> it's very true to the original character. I kind of like that. They have one with the biological and two with the web shooters. It's kind of fun. Um, I like that.
0: I mean, it made for a joke, at least in the last actual movie where they're like, well, you can make your own. Web. Yes. That he's part like, was, yeah. yeah. yeah and, like, and I'm like, can't? yeah,
1: he's a
2: Spider-Man.
1: One of my favorite running jokes is whenever people hear about Spider-Man and they don't know about him, they're like, where do the webs come out of? <laughs> like, they're like really <laughs> concerned because of where a spider's webs actually come out His of. Ears. <laughs> His but, ears. But, but I you know, I, it doesn't bug me. It's part of the original character. Like, if you watch, there was a couple good... There was a good series in the '90s, I think it was. Uh, he always used web shooters and stuff. Like, it's been part of the character forever, so it doesn't yeah. bug me I, necessarily. I don't
0: read comic books really. I have like, I I had a Punisher comic book when I was little. I like the pictures. Of course, yeah. That is
1: the one comic book chase would have is yeah. Punisher. It
2: does make that tracks.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, so to me, Spider-Man started with Toby the Toby mm-hmm. McGuire movies, and him being able to shoot his own web. So in my perception everything after that they gave him the web shooters and i'm like this is a downgrade D-
1: that it's makes like, sense i can yeah, see how if you started sense. there it's silly to go off of it but yeah. like i remember seeing the movie with my dad and my dad was like that was weird he's supposed to have web shooters He's okay. not supposed to make it what the heck mm-hmm. like so but that
0: never bothered anyone before
1: no it's just part of the character i mean you know different characters get different Such abilities a key component stuff.
0: of a spider and be like be <laughs> a spider man
1: not all spiders yeah. spin webs Don't be prejudiced against spiders. (laughs) Spiders. Wow! This is evolving into a very different. Yeah, now we're getting to chase being prejudiced against. How stereotypical! I don't care about trapdoor spiders. All right, (laughs) Um, whatever. Whatever ones don't make webs.
2: um, As we're wrapping up, one of my favorite things about this movie is that it subverts expectations all the time. Where, for example, he's gonna go do his first like jump off the building. And it looks like he's about to jump and then it like smash cuts to him running down the stairs. And like, there's constantly these jokes where you expect him to do something. And then the director's like, nah, we're just kind of like, and it's usually something heroic. It's like, I thought it was pretty funny.
1: I enjoyed it. Um, I do have an issue, like I, all I knew is that they killed the original Peter Parker at the beginning and then loser Peter Parker shows up. Right. And I, you know, now that you've explained more of the backstory, they were trying to make a point with that. And I do not like their point. I disagree with that point. So okay. it's interesting. And, yes. you know, it's, it's a, it's a decent movie. I, I liked it. They're There's making, a new one coming out. Yeah. So are you going to go see it? Well, I'll see it for you. Maybe. I'll
2: see it for you. That's true love. Possibly. I'll go with you
1: guys. Uh, I'm not super excited about it. It was good. I liked it, but it's like, I don't know, with most of the new Marvel movies, like I'm just gonna watch them on Disney Plus when they come out. This one won't come out on Disney Plus, but because it's Sony. I'll probably go see it. Maybe on. It's not till 2023. We've got maybe on a five dollar Tuesday. Five dollar you know? Tuesday. Yeah. My, uh, I, I mean,
2: my son goes. will most definitely yeah, probably true. enjoy these. So maybe before that, I'll show him this uh, one. And then I don't think the uh, release date currently, according to a quick Google search, says June 2nd, 2023. So it'll okay, be a good. Summer because October
1: be summer of 2023 is gonna be the month of Dune.
0: Just Dune, kidding. not doom. Oh, yeah. Mark your calendars. D-U-N-E. Taking time off.
1: I mean, I'm taking the whole month off yeah. just to see month, the movie every day. I'm going to get movie pass um, just for that month and just like watch it every day. Was uh, Kingpin's
0: animation a little different?
2: Um, As far as like the way they animated him? Yeah. Uh, the style. No, he, I mean, he was he obviously He seemed more drawn. flat, like he the old Batman, Batman cartoon. Yeah.
0: Uh, like from like the late 90s. And... Uh, I like I like his shape it was like yeah, funny. Just the hulking
2: rock of a man. I didn't
0: know head. that he was a Spider-Man villain. Kingpin, yeah. Because I remember from Daredevil,
2: he actually, he actually I think Spider-Man went with King against Kingpin more often than any other Marvel. Okay, like he I was thought it was, in, it, but he worked.
1: has transitioned a bit. I thought think. it was mainly especially Daredevil. With new, but, especially with the new media, he has transitioned a bit.
2: Um, one other interesting thing, and um, is the And because I'm, I come from this as like a cinematography thing. The way they they show depth of field in this was really interesting. I don't know if you picked this up because a little bit history. Um, When they wanted something in the camera to look out of focus or have depth of field is what we call it. What they wouldn't actually, the animators even said this. They're like, we don't want anything like soft or blurred in this. Mm -hmm. And so to show um depth of field what they actually did is they offset the color palette a little mm-hmm. bit so like it was as if it. Had that was going to be my guess from not memory so it had it was as if it had not printed correctly and yeah. so it was like slightly off as if the printer yeah, had screwed cool. up which made you still f- it gave you the ability to still focus on what wasn't messed up um, but it was just like, again, it's this animation style that they just like knocked out of the park as far as it's just gorgeous. Mm-hmm. But the, again, it was just, just something different that they did. But yeah, I love Kingpin's just overall vibe. Also Green Goblin. Well, there's
0: this a scene where it shows him getting out of like a suburban, but he's like obviously bigger than it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's wild. So, well, uh, I think that's all I have. Any other comments or shall we wrap this steak up and send it home?
1: It's closer to chicken than steak, but than it's steak. a good chicken. It was a beautiful chicken. Don't the, at
0: me in the comments about how much protein chicken actually has. I don't care. It's a weak
2: bird. <laughs> it's a weak, inferior bird that. <laughs> okay. I well, feel like well, that's we, an appropriate place to. Uh, yes, there's nothing I mean else to say. Uh, if you do have suggestions of movies we need to review, you can at us. Those suggestions. Sure. Um, we would love some feedback on what you want. I've heard a request from uh, somebody earlier today, actually, that we should do some of the old black and white samurai movies. Oh, that cool. I have cool.
0: not actually seen any of those. To my, like a Musashi.
2: Yeah. I'd be down. So... Uh, if you have other unique okay. ideas, um, we're going to start branching off. We're going to probably try to do at least one brand new movie a month and then yeah. one that's something older. We got a different. list. Yeah, we, we got do a, list. a list.
1: Um, if you have questions, put them in the comments and we'll try to answer yeah. them. Everybody we'll try to answer them people. intelligently, but it's pretty low, uh, uh, pretty pretty low, pretty low
2: odds. odds. But yeah, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on The Real Stake Podcast.